Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. There are over 59 million people who participate in fantasy football. 59 million people. It is well over a billion dollar industry. 59 million people, a billion dollar industry. And have you ever thought about why that's the case? Why is it that this thing that we do, this game inside of a game, why is it so popular? Why is it so riveting? Why is it that when we wake up in the morning, we're checking our news feed to see what has happened in the NFL, what is happening in college football? Why is it that we're checking Twitter to make sure that we haven't missed ADP that Ryan McDowell dropped or Evan Silva tweets or those individuals? Why is it that those people are, are sometimes, you know, bigger, like as big as some of our, 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 our musician stars that we look up to for, for us in this community, some of these analysts are like that type of, uh, of allure. And when you get a follower, a like, or a tweet back, it just, it just makes your day. Have you thought about why that's the case? Because you could just sit at home on Sunday and watch the game sit at home on Saturday and watch your favorite college team, root for your player. They win, they lose. You go on about your day. But we have to play this game. You're listening to this podcast. I'm recording this podcast. There are articles written every day, thousands of other publications, thousands of other podcasts, thousands of other resources. Why? I'll tell you why. It's the engagement with 
people. That is what makes this go. That is what makes this fun. It is community engagement, not community agreements, not community disagreements. That plays a factor into it, agreeing and disagreeing. But it's not everyone thinking the same. It is that diverse sort of uh, experience that you get with players, with teams, with prospects, with strategies, with metrics, with data you've uncovered, with film that you've broken down that you want to share with the world. It is community engagement. That is what makes this thing work. That is what makes it so special. And that is why we do this. We can engage. Well, you, could, you could be living in Texas and have a friend in northern Pennsylvania. You could be living in England and interacting with somebody in Brazil. That is what makes this fun. This is why we do it. Engagement with people, having these friends and these relationships, agreeing and disagreeing, that is what makes this go. And that is what I am trying to create with Destination Devi. I want this podcast, I want the YouTube channel, and I want the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas. That community over there are 45 people. One weekend, I, I can't believe there are 45 people that have chose to subscribe to Destination Devi, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I want to create the best Devi fantasy football community engagement space in the world in fantasy football. That's what I want to do, and that's what we're going to do is to create that atmosphere, that environment where people want to come learn Devi, who want to share their knowledge with others, and who want to get better, get better at Dynasty, be better in Devi, to understand more about college football and how that plays into traditional Dynasty leagues. That's what we're building. That's what we're building. I ain't in this. I'm not the FF ballers. I, I'm not making hundreds and thousands of dollars off of Patreon. That's not that's not my goal. That's not what I want to do. I'm pouring back into you. People who invest in me, people who are invested in what the information that I'm disseminating, what I'm producing, what I'm giving out, those are the people who signed up. That is love, man. That is love. And I get it. Right now we are in an uncertain time financially, personally, health-wise, all of that stuff. It is a crazy Time. And I understand that everybody's finances are different. Everybody's pockets are different. Our priorities are different. But I'm, I'm asking you, give it a chance. And not for me, it's for your own benefit. The conversations that go on in there every single day about players, about trades, about startup strategies, about things that are going on in different leagues. It is worth it. I've learned more this past week than I have a long time in a long time on Twitter because of that that one-on-one -on -one interaction that you get with like-minded people who aren't in there to be adversarial to you. They're not trying to be a troll. It's fun, man. It's fun. It's engaging. You learn and it's a beautiful community. I can't thank uh, the individuals who signed up week one enough. And I encourage you, the listeners, you guys who have been rocking with me for well over a year now. 
very rarely do I steer you astray. There have been a couple of times, a couple, couple, just a few. I got to, you know, I'm being real. A few times I may have led you down a dangerous path. But for the most part, the hit rate over here from old Ray GQ is pretty solid. So all I say is if you find it within your financial freedom, flexibility, go try it out. Go check it out. Subscribe, become a patron, join, be a member of the squad, the All Gas Army. And if you like it, which you will, you'll stay and you will gain tremendous value and engage with the community to make your fantasy experience even better. And if you hate it, just delete it and then don't come back. It's all good. I still love you. Still check out the pod. Check out this, the information that I'm giving you on YouTube for free. But just try it out. Try it out. And I'm pretty sure that you will not be disappointed. Now, there are some people who are disappointed by the Walter Camp preseason All-American team that dropped last week. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, the, the Walter Camp Foundation volunteer organization, they've been doing it for forever, right? It's the nation's oldest and longest standing college football All-America team. It's been going on since 1889. So this is the 131st year of this All-America team. And, you know, there, there are some there are a couple of shocking names that that made it and some glaring omissions, maybe. But it's it's a good indication of what we can expect or some players that you need to keep on your radar heading into this 2020 season. Now, some names aren't going to shock you at all. When you're looking at the first team offense, let me just run through it for you. And I'm only going to say the fantasy relevant positions. And that's not to slight the offensive linemen or the special teams players. But you're listening to this because you need to figure out who to draft in Debbie or who you need to be paying attention to for the NFL draft. So at the wide receiver position, no surprise, first team preseason All-America team, Walter Camp, Jamar Chase out of LSU. Listen, I, I don't have to go through his accolades again. I literally know every single like Jamar Chase stat off like off the top of my head because that's how much we've discussed that player phenomenal phenomenal talent it's going to be interesting to see how he performs this year with Miles Brennan at quarterback uh, we can expect regression I don't think there's any way he's going to break all the SEC records he set in 2019 it's a completely different offense we have no clue what it's going to look like but we can expect some regression from Chase but don't trip we we know he's going to be a first round pick he's going to be a locked and loaded top five pick in rookie drafts and for majority of the people out there listening he is their consensus number one wide receiver period Jamar Chase made it now the second wide receiver that made this list was a bit shocking, and I was quite, I was pleasantly surprised to see the name Devonta Smith as a preseason first-team uh, first All-American. I, I was happy about it. I was happy about it, and I know for whatever reason, well, I actually know the reason. I know a lot of people do not want to buy into Devonta Smith. I don't know why that is the case, because Devonta Smith is freaking good. And even when you look at him as a high school prospect, right, when you, when you talk about, I don't know if people think that he's just some some guy that, you know, Alabama recruited and he's just playing because he works really hard. No, he was a talented wide receiver prospect coming out in the 2017 class, a class that, you know, had Jerry Judy and T. Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who were all ranked ahead of Devonta Smith. But let me tell you who Devonta Smith was ranked ahead of in that 2017 class. Henry Ruggs was a player he was ranked higher than. Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, 
Tylen Wallace, CeeDee Lamb, Nico Collins. So he has the high school pedigree to go along with the production in college. And it seemed like when Tua needed a play, when Tua needed somebody to make a play for him, even going back to his freshman season where he only caught eight passes, eight passes and three of them went for touchdowns, but he did catch the game winner in the national championship game, followed up that freshman campaign, which Jerry Judy didn't do anything as a freshman at 693 yards as a sophomore. And then this past junior year, Listen, if you sit down and objectively, objectively watch the Alabama Crimson Tide, you cannot tell me that Devonta Smith was not the best wide receiver on Alabama last year, period. He was better than Jerry Judy. He was better than Henry Ruggs. He was better than Jalen Waddell. He was the best wide receiver on that team in 2019 over 1,200 receiving yards on 68 grabs, and then he threw in 14 touchdown passes. I mean, he's he's fantastic. He's an elite separator. He's a very good route runner. Not as good, not as good as Jerry Judy, but he is a good route runner. People hate him because he's small, because he is not 200 pounds. He's six one, and even if he measures in a little bit shorter than that, which may help his BMI stuff for BMI folks. I don't know how to factor all of that in. But if he's six foot five eleven, one seventy five, one eighty, what's not to like about a player who at the next level projects to be a number two wide receiver? We're not looking at Devonta Smith as some locked and loaded alpha number one who's going to be a top five wide receiver at the next level, but he could be a rock solid wide receiver too. And people have got it. Listen, I, I know he's not as big as we want. He's not as heavy. Let me say that because he's six foot one. He's got elite athleticism. Devonta Smith is good, so I was shocked, pleasantly surprised to see him named as a first-team preseason All-American wide receiver along with Jamar Chase. At tight end, we've got Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Listen, Pitts, I'm going to continue to bang this drum. I'm not even, I'm banging the the you-know-what out of it. The day that he hears his name called in the 2020 NFL Draft, Kyle Pitts is a top 10 dynasty tight end. He is an absolute difference maker. Think Jimmy Graham, but more athletic. That's what Kyle Pitts is. He's an oversized wide receiver at 6'6", 240 pounds, playing tight end. I don't care that he's not the best inline blocker or any of that crap. You split him out wide. He's too big for corners. He's too fast for linebackers. Safeties can't keep up with him. He is the epitome of a mismatch nightmare. And I guarantee he will be a first round pick in the NFL draft next year. And I can see him going just like TJ Hawkinson was a top 10 pick. Kyle Pitts very well can be that come 2021. So listen, I'm not a big proponent of drafting tight ends in Debbie Leagues because of uh, the Grant Calcaterra effect, and they're just so hard to predict and hit on. But if I was going to put my money on one tight end in the 2021 class, it would be Kyle Pitts. Now, rounding out the skill position players for the first-team All-American, you've got, no surprise, Trevor Lawrence at at quarterback. Uh, he's great. He's going to be the 101 in the NFL draft. And in Superflex formats, there will be no debate about taking a running back 
back over a quarterback like we had last year with Edwards Elair or Jonathan Taylor over Burrow or Tua. Trevor Lawrence is locked and loaded one-on-one super flex where Matt's book it. We can move on. He's great. And he's going to smash the ACC in 2020. The running backs, Chuba Hubbard and Travis Etienne. Can't argue either of those picks. Chuba Hubbard led the nation in rushing last year. Travis Etienne, my goodness, back-to-back 1,600-yard seasons. I mean, he's... And I, I do not say this lightly. This is not hyperbole. I'm not just just talking out of the side of my neck. I have not seen a player with 0 to 60 like Travis Etienne has. His ability to go from not moving to top-end speed is fast as Travis Etienne since Chris Johnson. He's got that level of acceleration and juice. It's going to be interesting to see who's faster out of him or or Chuba Hubbard in a straight line. I just want to see it for fun. I want to see how quick he is in a 40-yard dash compared to Chuba Hubbard because they both have elite long speed. And in this year, I am not going to toss that term elite around a lot. I already used it for Devonta Smith, calling him an elite separator. Uh, I think that's close to appropriate, but it is very much appropriate for Chuba Hubbard and Travis Etienne. So first team, uh, preseason All-American skill position players, Trevor Lawrence, Chuba Hubbard, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Kyle Pitts. And then first team All-American special team player, Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. It's good to see Rondell Moore getting some love. I feel like a lot of people are, are kind of forgetting about Rondell Moore. And I know I say that, and then we look at his ADP on DLF. He's still being drafted as a top top seven pick in Devi startups but you know when you're looking at the the NFL draft uh, gurus the talking heads at the bigger name companies you don't see him I, I have not seen him drafted mocked in the first round yet and I get it he doesn't have that prototypical size at five listed at 5'9 180 185 I'm not concerned. He's my wide receiver one in the 2021 class, and I really am not the only conversation next to Rondell Moore for me is Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. I have no concern over Rondell Moore's size, his athleticism, his talent, his production. We saw what he did as a true freshman, so it's good to see him get some first-team preseason All-American love here on the Walter Camp list as a kick returner. Now, let's pivot to the second team because there are some more good players and uh, one player that nobody is really talking about, so it'll be interesting to hear about him. So at the wide receiver position, we've got two studs, Oklahoma State's Tylen Wallace and Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota. My wide receiver, too, right now, currently in the 2021 class is Rashad Bateman. Can't argue either of these picks. Tylen Wallace, uh, his in, his season was shortened last year towards ACL with five games left, but he was on an absolute Big 12 assault prior to that injury. I mean, he was just... He was going to be a Blitnikoff Award finalist again two seasons ago. He had over 1,490 receiving yards, was a Blitnikoff Award finalist. He lost that lost that to Jerry Chudy. But Tylen Wallace, you know, scout the player, not the helmet. Oklahoma State does a good job of producing NFL caliber wide receivers. Going back to Darius Bowman, Rashawn Woods, Des Bryant, Justin Blackman. Tylen Wallace is next up, and he's really, really good. He's kind of a different player than Des and uh, Darius Bowman and Justin Blackman. Man, he's 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 not as as big, six foot one eighty five, but he's put together really really well. 
I don't know if I had to if I had to guess today. I think he's a day two pick, second round, third round pick. If I were if I had to put money on it right now, he's probably better suited in a complimentary role at the next level, a solid wide receiver too. That's what you're getting out of Tylen Wallace. So no quarrel about him being uh, named second team preseason All American. Now Rashad Bateman, that's the stud, right? Six two, two hundred and ten pounds. He is an alpha. He will be a first round pick. He is fantastic. He's been the best wide receiver on Minnesota's team the past two seasons. And I know you Tyler Johnson enthusiasts out there are probably just like, what? How could you even say that? Well, because he's better. You turn on the tape and you tell me who was better, number six or number 13. Ten out of ten times, people will say that number 13 looks like he's the best wide receiver on the field because he was. Rashad Bateman, he has zero, and I mean zero weaknesses to his game. If you want to... If you want to call Rondell Moore size into question or say that he's injury prone because of his size, we can count that as a weakness. If you want to say that Jamar Chase, while he may be good, well, he really didn't produce as a freshman and then he was a part of the greatest offensive team in college football history. So I'm still a little concerned about Jamar Chase. If you want to make those arguments, fine. There is zero argument for Rashad Bateman. He is a very good separator. He has the best hands in this 2021 class. He can run every route. He's good after the catch. He's good at when the ball is in the air. He can high point it. He can track it. He's good in run blocking. Rashad Bateman, I really probably should have him ranked number one at my wide receiver position in 2021. He has no weaknesses. and I'm trying to nitpick to find something. I can't. He's that good, that talented, and if it were me, I would flip. I would have flipped Rashad Bateman and Devonta Smith. Maybe a little bit of that Alabama love, that Alabama bias in there, getting Devonta Smith on the first team. But it, when you're looking at the quarterbacks, Tanner Morgan versus Mac Jones, or po- possibly Bryce Young, give me Rashad Bateman with Tanner Morgan. I think he's going to crush this season, and I mean absolutely smash. If he plays the full allotment of games. He's a player that's probably going to push for over 1,500 receiving yards. It's going to be fun to watch how much uh, better, how 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 more improved Rashad Bateman is. It's it's going to be a fun watch in 2020. Tight end Pat Fryermuth, my tight end two in the class, right behind Kyle Pitts. So this lines up perfectly. He's baby Gronk. He's a monster. He's athletic. Six touchdowns is a uh, seven touchdowns is a is a sophomore. I think he had eight as a freshman. I mean, he's just, he's he's a monster. And at 6'5", 260 pounds, he's still got room to grow. You know, put on a little more muscle. He's athletic. You can move him in and out. And I think we see two to three tight ends go in the first round in 2021. And Fryermuth will be one of those two or three tight ends who are selected day one of the NFL draft next year. Quarterback, Justin Fields, no surprise there. Just like Trevor Lawrence, one, two, two, one. Depends on who you talk to. Depends on the day of the week, which quarterback people have listed one or two. Justin Fields is a dynamic Konami code quarterback. You know, a, a lot of people want to say Cam Newton light, but he's not as big as Cam Newton. I don't know if he's as athletic as Cam Newton is, but he's very athletic. Justin Fields is a dual threat quarterback who can shred you from the pocket and then he can roll out, throw the ball on multiple platforms. He's really good. I, I don't have to. Heisman Trophy Award finalist last year. There you go. Justin Fields is a stud. Now, the two running backs, Najee Harris, uh, second team. You know, I, I thought that what he showed last year was above and beyond what a lot of us anticipated from Najee Harris coming into the 2019 season. 
and he's going to have an opportunity to continue that upward trajectory this year with the loss of Tua, with the loss of Ruggs, with the loss of Jerry Judy, he's going to have to step it up and literally carry that team. Brian Robinson is back. They lost Jerome Ford. They have a couple of young freshmen. We'll see if Trey Sanders is back healthy, but it's going to be the Najee Harris show. Think Derrick Henry, his final season at Alabama, where remember in 2015 in the Iron Bowl, they gave Derrick Henry the ball 46 times. Najee Harris is going to get a lot of carries this year. (laughs) He's going to get a lot of work. I know a lot of people are concerned about his age. I'm not. Listen, one contract out of a running back will have Najee for for his first contract. He's not going to be a first-round pick, so you're talking about a four-year window. I think he's going to be fantastic at the next level. Reminds me of a Steven Jackson, Matt Forte type. So to see him on the second team, good for Najee Harris. Now, the conversation starts here with Jarrett Patterson. Who? Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. And for those of you who don't know, like, who is this guy? Well, as a freshman, 978 yards in the MAC. I get it. It's, it's a lower level of competition. But last year, 312 carries for 1,799 yards, 19 TDs, 13 receptions for 209 yards, average 16.1 yards of reception. Hey, Patterson can play, man. And coming out of high school, he was not a sought-after recruit. He was a two-star prospect, was not highly sought-after. I mean, he only had 11 offers coming out, and none of them were from Power 5 schools. The biggest school on his list, I would say, Air Force, Navy, Toledo. That's about it. He had offers from Monmouth, Morgan State, Robert Morris, Ohio, Maine, Kent State, and he decided to go to Buffalo, and it's paid off for him, so it's nice to see him getting some love early in this process, preseason All-American second team. Hey, Jared Patterson, he's he's not going to be a feature back at the next level at 5'9", 195, so he's probably going to measure at 5'8", 190-something. Change of pace back. He's got some speed to his game. He's shifty, elusive in the open field. We'd like to see him pick up some receptions. Somebody I would not take in Devy Leagues, but just keep him on your radar. Just keep him on your radar. Probably one of those running backs that we can get third or fourth round of rookie drafts next year, and maybe you've got a, a good satellite back down the road. And the final player I want to talk about off of this awards list, Jalen Waddell. He comes in as second-team kick return All-American. He's good. He's probably the best return man in the league. I think he got I think he got slighted a little bit. If I'm being objective, Jalen Waddell should have been on the first team, and then you drop Rondell Moore down to the second team. Waddell and Moore are the two most dynamic playmakers in college football. And, you know, I, Waddle may have a little more juice than Rondell Moore. It's it's ridiculous how fast this kid is, how fluid he is. When he gets the ball, he's not only running angry, he's running really fast. And he's going to have a chance to absolutely shine in that Alabama offense this year. We're hoping Mac Jones can get the job done. But him and Devonta Smith both make preseason All-American teams. A lot of these players we know about, but it's fun. Like, we're here. College football is going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if there are going to be fans in the stands. I don't know if we're going to get through a full season, but we are going to see some form 
of college football this year. So these preseason All-American lists are going to start to roll out. I'm looking forward to seeing the AP preseason All-Americans. And then, of course, you know, ESPN and all these other services will put it out. But Walter Camp and AP, those are the ones that I'm really, really paying attention to. So it's it's good to see some of these players getting some love. Devonta Smith, don't sleep on him. He's a good player. He's going to be a second day, uh, day two pick in the NFL draft. And then, of course, the big guns that we all know about, Chase and Bateman and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Here we are. Here we are. 2020 is happening. And as excited as we were for the 2020 class of rookies, you know, and it was great. It was great. The running backs, five, six deep at running back, the wide receivers with Judy and Rager and Jefferson coming out of nowhere. Then the quarterbacks, Burrow and Herbert and Tua and Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love. 2021 is going to provide that level of excitement as well. I've said it on this show. I've said it on multiple podcasts. These two draft classes, 2020 and 2021, are going to be sort of, I don't want to say like groundbreaking classes, but they are going to usher in a completely new wave of NFL talent. It's going to be an influx of elite players. And we're going to start to see some of our stars of yesteryear fade out. And I know we love Julio Jones and we love Adam Thielen and we love some of these running backs, but they've had their time in the sun. And these young guys are coming. They're talented. They're good. And it's going to be a fun ride. Be excited. Destination Devi is bringing you heat. I am here to help you Devi and Dynasty better. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. If you're not checking out all the content and the work that's going on over at DLF, Dynasty League Football, you know I'm a writer. I'm the Devi team lead over there. Make sure you check that out. Destination Devi YouTube. I've got content there. And if you want to join the squad, patreon.com forward slash all gas unfettered access to me any question you have i got you covered the patrons are great the squad is great life is good football is back hey man excited thank y'all for listening you know what's next man i'm rambling drop the music